I'm wondering if it is even possible to have more chaos than what we currently have. So right now, let's see what's happening. The fires in Australia, I'm not too sure about anymore, but we've got COVID-19 that is shutting down Italy, Iran, China, South Korea, and Japan. And people are talking about not if it comes, but when to hear. The trains have been stopped to stop the pipeline going over Wet'suwet'en territory, this unceded land. Teachers are striking because there are too many kids in classes and, well, there's a whole bunch of issues. Everyone's just mad. Every place in the world right now has some major thing going on where people are just mad and they've had enough. Harvey Weinstein just got a guilty verdict, which is phenomenal. That just never used to happen. An 11-year-old incident, right? So there's this sense of everyone saying, enough, I can't take any more. This has to stop. It's just happening everywhere. What I noticed the other day is that my window of tolerance was becoming very small. I was snappy, irritable. I just felt like I couldn't take anything else in. So I know that I know that that's normal. I spend my days in quite a deep relationship with people. Reading them, figuring out what they need. There's an intimacy to my work as a yoga instructor and as a studio owner as well. So although there's um, an ease with which I do my work. There's an effortlessness. Inside, there's a lot of harnessing and containing and sensing and reading. And if I'm feeling chaos, I know that people walking in the door are also feeling chaos. You know, we're sensitive creatures, right? Where every cell in our body is absolutely and utterly dependent on every other cell to communicate and share and nourish. So why as a as a conglomeration of a whole bunch of relational cells would we ourselves not be intensely relational? We are symbiotic. We need each other. And when the other is off, we are also off. And we're solvers, right? We like to figure out how to make peace. Peace is more stable. We're always trying to create harmony, just like our body is always trying to create homeostasis. 
but these issues are not solvable, at least not easily. No matter what world leaders do, and trust me, I know that a lot of them right now are lunatics, but even the ones that aren't quite so lunatic, uh, whatever they do will not will not do it. I mean, you just know that, right? People are still going to get sick, people are still going to get mad, and people are still going to die. Phew. It's a lot. So, when being solvers, we want to create that harmony, and it's unsolvable, so then what happens? So if something is undigestible, you either have to vomit it out, or you have to have an enzyme, right? There has to be some way to get that out of you, or it just stays. So that's what I see on the mat. I see uh, vomiting in the, in the sense of great big sighs and yawns. I see the enzyme in the twists and different movements that we do to get blood flowing and get things circulating. And I see where people are holding it. You know, like I hold it a lot in my shoulders and I notice that you know, even when I'm talking to you, I feel like, oh my gosh, Allie, just drop your shoulders. Like, stop with the Sergeant Major routine. So we hold the stories and they get stuck in our fascia. I read the coolest thing the other day fascia, this web like tissue in our body that I'm quite obsessed with is like another nervous system and it's the thing through which we get our spidey senses so you walk into a room and you feel well is this safe or is it not safe and that's coming through the fascia through this little spidey sense right because it's a web and then I would assume that there's this then subsequent reaction of defense or surrender right this is safe I'm gonna let go I'm gonna be comfortable and happy here this is unsafe I'm gonna tighten so if we're hearing nothing but fear messaging then how tight are we getting and how locked are those stories getting inside of those webs of tissue so then what happens for me is that by the time I get home I just can't hear anymore. So it's hard to be in relationship, right? I want to be able to talk to my partner and listen. And yet I'm so full. It's like I've been to a buffet and I just ate way too much and it's going nowhere. So the window of tolerance then for me it's described far better in other ways but for me the way that it fits is I I just can't tolerate more I'm so full I cannot eat another waffer right <laughs> like that movie that Monty Python movie so there are a bunch of things that can let us know our window of tolerance is getting smaller and first of all I want you to know that and please hear this on every level of your being 
of course your window of tolerance is small. You are just a little bit thirsty and you are being bombarded with a fire hose to quench your thirst. That is social media. That is the, the media in general. It is what's happening in the world in terms of chaos. Pick your fear, right? So the fire hose is just screaming at you. And the irony is you're still thirsty. So how could you possibly tolerate more coming at you? Imagine someone's trying to talk to you while the fire hose is blasting in your face, right? We have to step out of the stream of the fire hose. We have to creatively and consciously find ways to create sanctuary. So after you finish this podcast, maybe and not before because I want you to hear it, you might turn off your phone for a while. That would be a great way to turn off the fire hose. You might not watch CNN tonight. There's a, there's a good idea. Turn off the CBC, turn off the BBC. Because the window of tolerance is that, that part of you that can take in more. It's that part of you that can hear and listen, see and feel with someone else or with yourself. And when you run out of the space to do it, we call that your window of tolerance getting very small. So then anything coming at you just either makes you cry or makes you scream or makes you irritated. It's just an overstimulated self. And again, can I say to you, of course, your window of tolerance is small. Skip the self-blame part. But then, okay, how do I make it better, right? Because I want to hear my partner. I want to be in a relationship. I want to be a good person. Okay, so step out of the fire hose. Turn off your phone. Turn off media. I promise you, you'll know what's going on in the world. I promise. Slow down. A really, really effective thing for widening your window of tolerance is slow and gentle yoga or meditation or qigong or tai chi things where you're focusing on a deeper breath you're focusing on gentle and loving kindness and within that gentle and loving kindness within that environment of trust that you're creating there is the capacity to let go. So to start to process, to start to digest, to start to integrate. And the movements coupled with breath will um, further the digestion that much more because you're squishing your colon and you're squishing your belly and you're uh, getting things moving, right? So they're coming out of stagnation, you're building muscle the peristaltic movement of the colon can be enhanced by that. 
Because the thing is, if we don't, if we don't widen our window of tolerance, then not only are we very irritable, we're inflamed, right? We're just on fire. And then we know that that's the root cause of so many diseases. So widening your window of tolerance becomes not something that you just do for a perk in your day, but it's something that is crucial to your health and well-being on every level. So I'm just on day 11 of a 12-day stretch of work, and it's a bit crazy, and I, I say that with my tail between my legs because I know better than to set myself up for 12 days in a row of work. But what I did was I structured my days so that, uh, like last Tuesday, for example, I only worked until 1. And while I was teaching my deepest class, my 10 to 11.45 class, I did the class with the participants, which I don't normally do. But I knew that it would be the only way that I would really tune into what they needed because my resources were low. And I knew that I would receive... I also knew the group. I knew that they were capable. Five of them were teacher trainee alumni. So I knew they would know what they're doing. I knew that I would teach a better class. So that was lovely to receive. And then I went out for lunch with my sister, which is always the best. And that day was particularly the best because I didn't have anything to do for the rest of my day. And then I went home and I slow cooked some pasta sauce. And then I had a nap and I rested and it was on my terms. So within the 12 days, I've tried to make it really clear and, um, and mindful of my own energy and what I need. So that's been really helpful. And all the same, I know I'm tired. So how do I support me, right? So I woke up one morning, I don't remember if it was Monday, I think it was maybe Monday or Sunday, and I knew I had a long day ahead, and it was teacher training, so as I love teacher training, it's one of my favorite parts of my job, and it's a lot of energy, because they are holding, I'm holding space for people that are on a pretty intense journey, and I really want them to get the concepts, and so, um, so I knew it was more work. So anyway, I woke up in the morning, and I felt like I had my Italian grandmother, which I don't have an Italian grandmother, but it's like a persona in my head, and I call her Nona. So the Italian grandmother shows up for me with things like, oh, I work so hard. Nobody can work as hard as me, right? It's total martyrdom, victim, and kind of Jesus on the cross, like you'll never get to my level, so don't even try. It's not pretty, I'll tell you. Nona typically wears this gray shawl that has, she probably knitted herself, and it's all moth-eaten, and it's like that dingy gray, kind of holy and threadbare. So when I sat on my mat to do my practice and do my morning pages, I asked myself, okay, What do you get out of being Nona? What came for me was that I get notoriety and acknowledgement. 
So I said to myself, I said, okay, if you want notoriety and acknowledgement and put aside the fact that that may not be a great desire, but if you want those things, what are better ways to get those things? Ways that don't feel so heavy because I'll tell you when Nona is driving my bus I am exhausted I'm isolated it is taking every grain of my energy just to move forward because I'm carrying this entire train load of martyr messaging so I would like to figure out how to get notoriety and acknowledgement in a way that that's really right for me and that feeds me, that makes me feel light and like this is my work and I love it. I love my day. Okay, so what could I do? Well, I could be honest about how I'm feeling. I could say, man, Nona is driving my bus today and this is what she looks like and I could share that with the teacher trainees and we could all learn from her, right? And then... I could say to them, you know, I don't want to be a martyr. It's no fun. How could I make sure that I receive today? Because martyrs don't receive, right? So how do I make sure that I get fed that day in the right way? Well, then my whole day flipped around like that Tuesday that I just mentioned where I made sure that I was fed the whole day through. That is so much lighter to hold. My window of tolerance is so narrow if I'm living in Nona. Because it's known as noisy, man. She's talking all the time. If I can be in that place of how great can today be, my window of tolerance is wide open. So that's one thing, right? Is my morning practice super important? And I wonder what you could do that would make you feel like you're putting the oxygen mask on you first, right? So how could you tune in to how you are today? And in that way, you're also saying, you matter to me. I care how I show up. So I want to hear how I'm showing up. And I want to help me first. I want to coach me to have the best day I possibly can. So I see Nona. I'm like, you know what? I got it, sister. You can step aside, I'm going to drive this bus, and I promise you, I'm going to feel that notoriety that comes from power with, because we all have notoriety. And I'm going to feel the acknowledgement of how hard I'm working, as I say to all the people around me, good work, you guys, you're really putting everything into this. Because power with is so much more nourishing than power over if I can share that we are on this road together, we're all on the Camino together, how brilliant is that? And I wanna lean into you and I want you to lean into me. My window of tolerance is so much wider. So I sit, I do my morning pages, I just write for three pages, no censoring, no editing. Generally, if I wanted to look back, I couldn't even read my writing stretch a little bit because I find it's really hard for me to access my divine self if my back is aching. So I stretch, do my yoga practice, and then I sit and I do my meditation. 
and I tap into that higher sense of self. Nona is one of many people on my inside team. My inside team have both positive and negatives and they're all the characters that show up depending on what I'm going through in my life and what's happening that day and how I'm feeling. So like I have the Incredible Hulk, he shows up when someone who I love has been hurt. I go straight to busting the clothes with my muscles and I'm like, I just have to go and protect you now. Which is not ideal, right? Because the Hulk acted out of anger all the time without consciousness. So like all these people on my inside team, there's someone else, Ariel, who steps forward when I'm teaching and she's filled with grace. She's intuitive. She's tuned in. But I love, love, love looking at my inside team because it helps me to understand who is showing up on a given day and why. And I bet you can resonate with this. When you just totally react to something and you have no idea why you think well what was that my favorite one the one I've been working with the most lately I think you'll love this is Kathy Bates and her character that she was in misery so the reason Kathy shows up in my life is um, to warn me if I'm being too out in the world So I was raised in a fairly kind of British ancestry upbringing where the tallest blade of grass will always get mowed, right? So don't say anything good about yourself because you'll get a big head and then, you know, you'll get mowed down. So Kathy will show up if I'm feeling like I really am rocking my life. Doing well, I'm on it, I feel like I'm really lit up. She'll show up and break my ankle bones to keep me from going out. Because in her mind, in my child mind, it's not safe. Because if I go out with that sense of, I've got this, someone is going to swat me. And that's going to hurt. And I'll feel crushed. So Kathy Bates crushes me before I risk going out to be crushed by someone else. Do you have one of those? So I love finally when when I finally got those Kathy Bates because then I could clearly say to her, Kathy, thank you so much. I am so grateful to you that you would want to protect me in this way. But I feel like I've got this. I think I can do it and I want to try. So I'm going to come and find you if I need you. But can you just step out of the way for for now? And I'm going to go out in the world and I'm going to say, I am really good at what I do. I love, love my life. Because I really do. And when I can approach it that way, and that doesn't mean I don't have stress. That does not mean that I don't worry. I know we're all going to get sick. I know at some point we're all going to die at some point. I know that the world is in utter chaos right now. 
And I also know that I am showing up in my most magnificent way right now. And I feel really good about that. And it's so much less burdensome to step out like that. And what's different is, like, I just know it. It's in my core. Nobody can take that away from me. I mean, I still have body image issues. I can trip myself up on those just in the blink of an eye. But they're less, no pun intended, but they're less weightful than they used to be. Because you know what? Who cares? There's no time anymore. I weigh 200 pounds, and that's heavy for a woman. But I also have a hard time losing it. And I like to have a, a couple of glasses of wine sometimes. I'm not every night, but I like to enjoy that. And I want, I want to show up in my life in a way that is honest and true for me. And I know that if I only focus on losing weight, I'm never going to be happy with where I am. I'll go up, I'll go down. And if I can be happy with myself right now at 200, if I can say I am rocking my life right now and I'd like to weigh a bit less, it weighs less. It's just easier on my heart. So now my window of tolerance is so much less murky and muddied and I can see. So then how much more responsive am I going to be in my in my world? Now I'm not wasting my energy on you're too fat to go out, you're too this, you're too that, you're not enough. I'm not wasting my energy on that anymore. Remember this guy who had Parkinson's told me that it's so exhausting because your muscles are fighting each other. One's pulling this way and the other one's pulling the exact opposite direction. And it's just exhausting. And that's how it feels, right? Is you're just like, but I, I want to go out there. I want to serve the world, but I know I'm too fat. I want to go out there and help that person, but I don't know enough. Even though I'm pretty sure I could help them to stand up, I don't think I know enough. Enough, enough, enough of that. Can that be part of how we're saying enough? I've had enough with thinking I'm too fat to go out in the world. I'm too fat to be respected as a yoga teacher. Stop it. What do you do? What is your thing? How do you trip yourself up your Kathy Bates? Because we all do it. And there's no time for it anymore. The lake is flipping in our world. We are in for one hell of a ride. We're already on it. So how are you going to conserve your energy? How are you going to conserve your window of tolerance so that you are adaptive and responsive? I want you to step out into the world with this like belly gut feeling of I am excellent, magnificent, capable, 
because you in your flaws just like me and my body weight this thing that I carry as my mortal wound that is where our greatest gift lies that is why we were born into the world is to say to people I'm showing up now you show up and Nona is there I can ask her to help me to make a great tomato sauce she can remind me when I'm doing too much Kathy can remind me when I'm not grounded enough but I want her to remind me before she gets the mallet out right I want to hear her before she breaks my ankle bones and the more I practice the more I listen so the more I step out of the fire hose the more adept I am at hearing them seeing them Brene Brown talks about vulnerability hangovers and that's really what what it is right I know after I finish this podcast, I'm going to be a little bit of a vulnerable, I'm going to be in a bit of a vulnerability hangover because I admitted that I have a mortal wound of body fat and I'm working it through because the adult part of me knows it's all just ridiculous and it's illusion. You know what? You have every right to take up space and I have every right to take up space. And not only that, but the world needs us to take up space. To show up for our souls. So I invite you. I invite you to step out of the fire hose. I invite you to sit yourself down and say, self, I love you. There's more to it than that, though. Here's the rule. You have to say, I love you, and then your whole name. So for me, I say, I love you, Allie Chisholm Smith. And I don't really hear it the first time. I probably don't hear it the first five times. So I keep going keep going until I know I've really heard it and sometimes it's a long time but I know I know that you are lovable because we all are and there's no time for the other stuff let's do this show up I'm with you